Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 119. We're set for another epic showdown as England's standings are initially in the hands of Wales and Ireland before turning to the Scots for a potential Six Nations Championship decider. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hi guys, uh, welcome back. Huge weekend. Um, probably the biggest weekend in the rugby calendar um, is this, the final weekend of the Six Nations, apart from obviously the World Cup. Um, and obviously, to discuss it, as always, I'm joined by Dan. Hi, mate. I was uh, I was super confident, but... I've read too much. That's the problem. A lot of the pundits are backing Wales to be Ireland, dickheads. Nah, um, can't see it. But, mate, massive day, massive day. Like you said in the last pod, actually, it's out of our hands. we just got to go and do a job on Scotland, and then what will be, will be. At 100%. And, look, Eddie Jones has said, you know, we want to be number one in the world, but we're not there yet. But a strong performance today, regardless of what happens elsewhere, can still kind of shine a light on England and show them to be the number one team in the Six Nations. And I know that they lost to Wales, and if Wales win today, they've done a grand slam. But you've got to look at performances. And bottom line is England have performed better throughout the Six Nations than Wales, barring that one game. So he's right. A strong performance today, regardless of what the table looks like, uh, England will, I think, have put down a marker if they haven't already. I think England have showed themselves to be a world-class team, a team capable of winning the World Cup, uh, which we all knew we knew all along anyway, my friend. We've been known it for some time. Uh, that's, why we, that's why we're doing this. Well, look, before we get uh, get stuck into this, because there's plenty to talk about, and there's two games that we really need to cover today, a um, couple of, re- of reviews and uh, messages and things. Uh, so the first one is an email from our friend David Stockwell. Um, you'll recall he messaged us. Uh, he was the one with the Scottish fiancé. And the very uh, articulate message. I do remember him. He has said, Afternoon, gents. Uh, Currently listening to the latest pod while on my lunch break. A few pods ago, you asked for suggestions on what sort of things you should talk about between the end of the Six Nations and the start of the World Cup. How about some features on the teams within our pool? How they tend to play, what their strengths are, who their key players are, and how England should approach the game, etc. Could then lean on to likely opponents we'd face uh, in the next round and in the knockout stages. Uh, these are the kinds of conversations I'd now like to be involved in and listen to uh, from your rose-tinted perspectives. Uh, obviously, we know a lot about the French team, but many of us will be less familiar with some of the others. Last year, I spent six months walking from walking, wow, from Georgia to Maine, go me, and while in New Jersey, watched the USA v Scotland on the telly. America won 30 points to 29, and then number two and number 10 both looked seriously good. It would be easy to scan down our World Cup pool and not give much thought to American rugby prowess. They're presumably NFL rejects, and they're not that bad. <laughs> Best Dave. And he actually then quickly followed it up with a with a sort of, you know, an NB. Uh, I should have said, thanks for including my last email on the show. I told the Scottish fiancé uh, I mentioned, for any future reference, her name is Sean, all about <laughs> it. To which she replied, it's great you have someone else to talk your England shite to. Oh, Sean, that was that was a bit below the belt. <laughs> um, firstly, did, did I hear that right? He walked from Georgia to Maine. Yeah. Wow, mate, good for you, man. Like that, I assume that would probably be a charity thing. So great work. I mean, as opposed to just getting a bit of fitness in the weekend, <laughs> as opposed to Forrest Gumpy net. But um, it, it certainly but, sounds that way, doesn't it? Um, 
So yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Um, you know, I would I would find it very interesting myself to kind of look into who we're going to be playing and um, you know what sort of challenges we're going to face, particularly in the in the group stages. Um, and I think as well, you know, Eddie's shown us that England have a number of different options, both tactically but also in terms of selection. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see to kind of take a look at those those games and work out, you know, where do we think a cock and a seag is going to slot in as opposed to a null, uh, for example, um, if we're obviously assuming that Joe is going to get the call up to uh, be part of the World Cup squad, which I think we probably are. Um, so, yeah, great idea. I've, yeah, I think it's a good idea. The team that's in, most interesting for me is the USA because I, I know it's a different game, but on the seventh circuit, they're absolutely bossing it. Well, and, and as as uh, David just said, you know, it's um, they're, they're, they're a probably underrated team at the moment but they've you know they've got such a pool to pick from and let's be honest yeah a lot of these nfl reject, rejects if that's the right terminology to use um yeah nfl still quality, rugby rejects quality sportsmen they are exactly um so yeah i think uh, i think uh, we've, we've said it before about uh, usa rugby they're probably not quite there yet in terms of competing at, at world cups and you know, we'll see if that changes this year because they're definitely improving all the time but it's not going to be long is it no no not at all um they're i i think they've focused a lot on the sevens because i think that's sort of probably suits their culture a bit more it's a bit more uh let's just say americanized you know it's a bit more sort of almost you know tv like you look at their sports and it's all about like the the show and Showmanship everything and, yeah. yeah it's not necessarily about the sort of the scrum and the dark arts within rucks and malls. No. So, but they they have, you know, they're prob- they, what they need to work on is that ability to last at least sixty minutes, sixty to eighty minutes. Uh, you know, they've got some guys who are ridiculously big who can run ridiculously fast, but they can do it in little sort of two minute, two to five minute bursts. If they can start to produce those kinds of athletes and have them, you know, keep it going for the full sixty to eighty minutes, they're going to have the ability to create teams that are going to be. Uh, very dangerous. Of course, the biggest problem is that if they do do that, is that you know the, the draw because the because they've also got to get the money in the game. The draw is going to be from other nations uh, for their for their sort of domestic rugby. Um, whether or not they would have a rule that said you know if you want to play for America, you know for the USA, you've got to play in the USA like a lot of other play- nations do. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, but yeah, they're definitely one to watch. And, I, and as, as I say, I don't think it's going to be long before we start seeing them. Uh, genuinely competing at the top. Um, so, yeah, watch this space. Um, and, uh, David, good luck today, mate. Today, this evening, could be a massive argument. <laughs> I think I think Sean knows what's coming. Oh, definitely. Let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, next up, we've got a, a, a review on... I think this is another one where, where the review has been rewritten, but the five stars have remained. It's from Budgie Jointed. I recognise the name. He says... Uh, five stars again. Love the pod. It's uh, on the must-listen list every week. I've got an idea for a pod episode. Oh, another one. Picking the England and Barbars team for the game later on this year would be interesting um, to hear who you guys see as an up-and-coming 23, considering most of the World Cup squad won't be anywhere near this game. I will personally be at the game, as will I, uh, and would like to see a mix of youth and outcasted players such as Haskell and Sips. Building a Barbars team to compete against would be interesting, uh, considering most players will be with their respective countries. I've had a pop at it, and it wasn't easy. Would be interesting to hear your take. Also, I was right about Genge. 
Um, we don't talk about Barbars. So to all our listeners, let me let you know about Barbars. We have a Judas in our ranks. And he had a spare ticket and decided to take his wife over me. So, you know, read into that what you must. But Oh, no, I can make that much. I can make that really easy for you, mate. I, I thought, I've got a spare ticket. Shall I take Dan? And, and decided no. Well, that that's just, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That, that stings. Um, <laughs> it's a little, little hurtful. But do you know what? That's a great idea. What, taking the wife to the Twickenham? Um, yeah, I hope she sits there and just actually, Lucy's becoming quite knowledgeable now, isn't she? <laughs> She's starting to pick up on it a little bit. Oh, that's annoying. I, I it does, say, I it does save me having to explain everything, you. though. Yeah. It does save me having to explain everything, though, which is nice. But um, yeah, it's frustrating when she's giving me tactical advice on what England should be doing, and then I repeat it on the pod. <laughs> and it's the best, we, it's the best, like... Uh, Best content, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Uh, interestingly, we I can't remember whether we said it in the pod or whether we just were talking about it in the week. We were saying we thought we probably would see uh, a World Cup squad or, or certainly a good chunk of World Cup squad involved in that game because it, it would be seen as a another kind of practice game, if you like. So um, I don't think we will I, because we're still four more games. So I think that will be, I think there might be the odd fringe player involved yeah but i don't think there'll be any of the big names involved i don't think Shame. there'll be the farrells the, yeah the I, it, to be honest my my head is saying good but my heart because i'm going to be there as well yeah, is exactly. saying, damn it um but yeah no great idea and we will definitely do that that'll be one of the ones we do um oh in fact well, that's the summer isn't it it's uh, june the second of june i think so, yeah, we've got a little bit of time. We'll definitely slot that one in too. So some great ideas there. And if, if any of you have got any other ideas, um, keep them coming. Um, and uh, Budgie, <laughs> I don't know what your real name is, so we'll call you Budgie. Uh, if you, you said you put together a team yourself and uh, chuck it over on an email, englandrugbypod at gmail.com, so we can take a look and compare it to what we come up with. I'd um, love to see that. It'd be interesting to see what you, what you, uh, yeah, what you come up with. Um, so appreciate that. Uh, and then finally on Twitter, where's my phone? Um, we had a message from Tristan Peck, who I, I don't know if he has, uh, I don't know if he's reviewed us before, but he's certainly been, uh, you know, he's been in touch on Twitter uh, before. And he says, if I can find it, which I clearly can't, here it is. He says, um, from listening to the Hask on House of Rugby, I know the English lads are keen to redeem themselves after Murrayfield last year. I expect a multi-pack of whoop-ass to be open on the Scots today. <laughs> Cracking pod as always, lads, and great to hear Dan on decent audio. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um. So, firstly, guys, thanks very much for all those reviews. They're, they're awesome, and uh, I like having them. Uh, Tristan, yeah, I, 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 I'm inclined to agree. I, I think there's going to be some. I think the likes of uh, Jamie George. Just listening to the, I was chatting to Andy the other day and saying. Um, listening to the BBC podcast with Hugo Monia and Danny Kerr, and they had, I believe it was Ryan Wilson who started for Trouble. He was on there. You could see Danny Kerr just did not like him. He was just like, yeah, well done, you pushed the smallest guy. And I, I think he offered him out as well, like half-jokingly, but there was certainly some bite to it. So I am expecting a bit of a, a bit of niggle today. And a bit of Frank, pushy McShovey. Yeah, a bit of pushy McShovey. And um, I think... I what I what I would like I want I want to see um, I want to see some massive hits, hundred percent legal. Maybe if Farrell wants to drop in a couple of those cheeky uh, on the fringe ones, that's okay too. But yeah, I, I want it to be one of those where England just put in 
you know, a, a kind of pristine performance, but also abuse Scotland in the process in terms of, you know, massive hits, you know, constantly turning them over, just, 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 you know, take them, take them apart professionally. Yeah, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't, of course, I don't want to see any Scottish player get injured, but I no, do no. want to see them get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, you, you have to, I mean, look, this is what, this is what rugby rivalries, sporting rivalries are all about, isn't it? And you know, last year they, they beat us. Um, it was, it was against the run of not playing the game necessarily, but against the run of how teams have been performing. It was unexpected. It was a bit of a shock loss for England. Uh, it, we, we were we were hurt and they were rubbing salt in the wounds and then obviously to, to kind of add an insult to injury and I absolutely by no means suggest that it is the the hardcore rugby fans or um, anything to do with the team but you obviously had that incident with Eddie at the station with those morons that decided to uh, to kind of abuse him personally um, which just again it sh- overshadows the the match and it, it, you know I think. There's been a lot of talk this week about how Eddie Jones should um, should concentrate on the game and not bring up all this all this other stuff. But I think the complete opposite. His team is going to be they were what would have been wound up at the time. I'd have been wound up if it was my coach, um, and they're going to want payback for that. And uh, and I think he absolutely got hit the nail on the head when he decided to to just make sure that no one had forgotten. So does does, uh, does your brother Harry does he listen to this pod? Uh, I mean, he probably lies and says that he does. So I'm going to, like you were saying, you hit the nail on the head saying that's what rugby's all about on the pitch. And Harry, if you're listening, I'm about to ruin you. I remember when you guys were playing against each other and you bounced him. Yeah. And that was just, that's what rugby's about. You and your brother just wanted to hurt each other (laughs) and you sat him down and Harry just looked like a little girl at the scout, uh, girl guides or whatever. And, but you know, it's on the pitch, but I'm, I'm with you, mate. I don't think Eddie's done it anything wrong there was an article today saying how eddie was mocking the scots i mean it's just ridiculous everything did you just... see what it was though that that all, all that happened was someone said the last time scotland beat england at twickenham was in 1983 and he went 1883 oh 1983 that's the extent of the mocking yeah. the scots and suddenly it's got headlines it's it's, it's just taken and that's eddie it's just taken out of context and it's it's used to because when I first saw that I'm like oh Eddie don't give them ammunition then I read it I was like oh he's done nothing like yeah, you yeah, know it's yeah. ridiculous but no but if that motivates him great if it, as long as it doesn't become you know as long as it doesn't become a sort of incident which I don't for a second believe it will but as long as it doesn't become one of those where you just see England just wanting to hurt them yeah hundred percent and you're I like mean, guys the ball's out of play what are you doing <laughs> and Danny Grucock comes on and starts. Headbutting. Yeah, headbutting and like Mr. Miyagi and everyone. Exactly. Um, I mean, this is a good place, I think. We'll, we'll come back to the England game at the end of this sec- section. But um, but we obviously, we need to talk about the uh, the first game up, which is, well, it's the second game up. There's one going on at the moment. But um, the first important one for us, because, of course, Ireland need to win. Um, that's the bottom line for, for us. Um, and you were saying about, you know, Eddie, uh, you know, didn't really say anything at all. On the other hand, he has wound up Warren Gatlin this week um, because he has come out and said, Ireland are peaking whilst Wales are tiring. And Gatlin's response, <laughs> Gatlin's response is, what the hell is Eddie Jones doing talking about our game? My advice to him is to concentrate on the Scotland match. Um, he, 
I mean, look, he's he's trying to get under your skin because he wants Ireland to win for obvious reasons, and it sounds like he's done it. Like it sounds like he's achieved exactly what he set out to achieve. So thank you, Warren. Um, I mean, Warren Gatlin responded by saying that no one apparently is training as hard as Wales. I mean, where where that's coming from? If if you are if you are only concentrating on yourselves, then how do you possibly (laughs) know what everyone else is doing? But but hey. He's yeah, he's got under his skin, hasn't he? And they, I mean, I think they have a bit of a love hate relationship anyway, uh, Eddie and Warren. Uh, I, uh, you know, there was talk about after the Wales game, they certainly they were planning to meet for a drink. Whether it actually happened or not, I don't know. Um, if I was Eddie, I would have literally put laxatives in every one of Gavin's <laughs> drinks, and then just just when he's starting to go put emodium in, play a game of uh, laxi emodi. So <laughs> he, he did. Just, oh, good. Yeah, um, and. But yeah, it's it's all it's all sort of for the press. Eddie knows exactly what he's doing. He's not anybody who says he's been disrespectful is just being overly sensitive. Um, media these days, the, the the media games, if that's what you want to call it, it's kind of become part of the game. I mean, just look at the the whole roof open, roof closed issue. You know, every every single home game that Wales have. The media makes a big thing about how the opposition wants the roof to be open and Wales wants the roof to be closed. Bottom line is, you, you know, you've you've said it has to be unanimous, and therefore the opposition is going to. You've kind of gone. It has to be unanimous, and we always want it closed. So you've given the choice to the to the away side. I personally think that's the right call because this week there's been a lot of chat about how Wales are saying. You know, Warren Gatlin said we've got a responsibility to the game of rugby to to make sure that a, you know a decent standard is played, um, and because there's there's weather warnings in Wales and it's going to be very windy, it's going to be very wet. They're saying that you know with the roof open, you know it's going to make for a less entertaining game. Let's be honest, Wales don't care about the weather. They don't oh. care whether they're playing in the rain or not. What they care about is whether or not they can create a cauldron. For the noise, which is already phenomenal, uh, you know, for for a game at, at Millennium at Principality, um, but it can be made even more so by having the roof closed. And Ireland rightly are saying, no, you, we don't want to give you any more advantage than you've already got. Um, we'll have it open, please. And you know, there's so much chat about how you know they're trying to imply that Ireland are being, you know, difficult and and you know it's going to make the game less interesting because it's going to be so wet. I mean, Wales went behind Ireland's back despite. Ireland wanting it to open and try to get the the kind of Six Nations powers that be to overrule it because of the weather. It's like this is an outdoor sport. Yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. Your, and- your players play week in week out outdoors. Every other nation plays outdoors. The, the only possible reason for wanting the the roof shut is to get that home advantage made more intense, if you like. Yeah, that um, extra one percent or something, which which at that level does count. So, yeah, I mean, oh, hundred percent. But that's why Ireland are hundred percent right and justified in saying no. You've given us the choice. We're we're going to make it. You know, we're not going to make it easier. Um, and also, you know, uh, Joe, Joe Schmidt has said um, whether or not there's any truth in it. But two years ago, Ireland said to Wales, "You decide," and the roof was closed. And when they turned up, the pitch was soaking wet. They'd overwatered <laughs> it. So, you know, it's a very good point. So Wales have a massive advantage beyond just the noise if the roof gets closed because the the teams training to play against them are training for dry weather or, or, or the assumption of, a, of certain conditions. Wales know exactly what conditions they're going to create on the pitch. 
But so does everyone at home. I mean, that's not unique to Wales. Well, no, but what I'm saying is that if it's if it's pissing with rain outside, the pitch is going to be wet. Uh, you, if it's you, if it's pissing you, with rain you outside, the concept of water. Yep. <laughs> I do. If it's pissing with rain outside and the roof shut, you, you you could rightly assume that you're doing it. Particularly in this scenario, you're doing it to make sure the pitch isn't wet, so you get a nice, quick running game of rugby, right? So if you rock up and the pitch is soaking wet, is that not Wales getting an unfair advantage? So I actually think I actually think Wales might even play. I think a running game with some of Ireland's backs that makes them more well, dangerous. But th- this is where I think this this issue comes into play. Are Ireland saying that we're not going to give them the option of shutting the roof? Prepare for a running game. Turn up and they've waterlogged the pitch again. So we end up having to play the same kind of slower, slower kind of uh, wet weather game, but with the roof shut, where they also have the advantage of the extra noise. Um, and I think you're right. I think it suits Wales' game style at the moment. That kind of it's the slow wear the opposition down, slow the ball down. You know, they, they haven't really been doing much running with the ball out wide uh, in this in this championship. And I don't see them suddenly t- changing that now. So, I, you know, despite all of that, I actually think it might be to their advantage to have the roof open in terms of what happens on the pitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they obviously wanted that advantage of of the of the noise that can be created by uh, by having it closed, and they're not going to get it again. So yeah. It's, is there a part of you that's worried that Wales might do Ireland? No. Good. <laughs> We're going to do a little segment. So you know, we always do our little sort of uh, five ten minute half time spot. We're going to do a little five ten minute pre match spot post Wales Ireland because uh, I think it's obviously important for us to cover what happened in that game before looking at you know what's going to happen in the England Scotland game um, and obviously we will we'll do some predictions at the end of this for what we think is going to happen in that match um, but yeah I just I just think I think I think Eddie Jones is exactly right I think Ireland are peaking and Wales are tiring and and I've, I said it in the last few episodes to me watching back watching those games live whatever I don't understand where all of this hype is coming from about how great Wales have been I personally think they've been really poor in this Six Nations and in fact, the only game that they actually have have kind of won, really, was the England game, through that that moment right at the end where they were coming from behind. I mean, I know they were behind against France, but France just gift wrapped them two tries and said, "There you go, we won't we won't defend." We'll just. I mean, they they won against Italy. I don't. They were, I, they, they I, they I, were the, great, but they. Yeah. Okay, you're right. That's probably just a really weird way of putting it but I don't know it just it, none of the matches have felt like they've really kind of put in a performance they haven't kind of gone out there and they've relied very heavily on capitalizing on really obvious mistakes and I know some people will say well hang on England do the same thing you know they create opportunities by making you know forcing errors but I'm not talking about Wales forcing errors I'm talking about oppositions just just making errors that are unexpected and Wales just reacting to them in in kind of the spur of the moment and that's kind of how the how they've the, defensively think, sort of they've been brilliant. They've been strong, wise, strong they, defensively. They don't they don't seem to have offered much. To beat Ireland today will have to be an absolute gargantuan defensive effort. Do they still need, have it in them? Uh, maybe they do. Um, and they probably do fitness wise. They'll probably put up a good defence. But I think I think the winner today is going to be the one that that can that can produce the attacking performance. Yeah, I agree. Um, despite the weather. I don't know. It's it's hard to call, and and obviously my heart is with England, so I, you know we want Ireland to to do it, and and we're always going to lean that way. Um, I do think Ireland are going to do it. I think interesting stats, if if we like, as we like this, Wales Wales' last defeat was to Ireland, 
prior to their 13 game win streak that they're currently on. Ireland, as we know, are notoriously uh, they've notoriously halted both New Zealand and England's win streaks. Party poopers, I believe it's called. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, I, yeah, for me, it feels like it feels right. I was watching some of the under twenties last night, and obviously, Ireland. Congratulations on the Grand Slam. Um, but I was, I, I think, in the first half. For a good chunk of the first half, at least, Wales were ahead. And I was thinking, in some ways, I'd quite like Wales under-20s to beat Ireland and deny them the Grand Slam. Because it would almost be like that extra kind of like, right, you denied us a Grand Slam. Now the men are going to deny you a Grand Slam. But um, but they didn't do that. So we have to come up with another <laughs> another one. Um, but yeah, right. it's, I, I, I just yeah, I, feel, I feel like Ireland are going to do it. And I feel like Wales, you know, we talk sometimes about teams have got one big game in them. Yeah, I feel like Wales have got one game where they're going to get properly shown up in them, and um, it where they're going to get beaten like a ginger stepchild. If if you like, <laughs> I, uh, I, be- yeah. I believe is a wrong saying. Right. Okay. So let, let's move on. Let's move on to the main event. The main event. England Scotland. Joe Fochnersinger or Cocknersinger, however you say it, left out. Thoughts. We talked about this in the week, and yeah. when I first read it, my my initial reaction was, "What the fuck?" You know, how can you take a guy who's just put in not just a man of the match performance, but cr- like just the impact that he had on the game, and just drop him from the twenty three altogether? Um, since then, we kind of looked at a few different aspects of this decision, and I think a big part of it, we know that Scotland are missing their back three, um, massive for them. Um, and I think that England are probably thinking the obvious tactic here is the kicking game, at least to to see if it's if it's on. You know, you've got an inexperienced back three. You've got uh, Tio has moved to the bench, so Slade's back in. So you've got that kind of wider kicking option in Slade as well. Um, that to me means that you're drawing in defenders. Um, and potentially creating those gaps behind the wingers, um, that, you know that, that that Slade can also put boots a ball, um, and on on that basis, I think you you have to, you probably do have to go. Well, May and Noel are likely to be more effective in the kick chase than Cockenasiga, who's a bit more of a bulldozer. Um, not that he isn't also lightning quick, but um, you know he's, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of him to have to skin a man. Pick up a ball on the on the fly and and race away. Whereas Nolan may a bit more slight, perhaps suits them a little bit better. So I I think that might be a big part of it. I think it might be a, a very much a tactical. Well, I'm pretty sure it is a tactical move rather than quality. I would have liked to have seen Cognacigo on the bench instead of Tio, um, because I think that he does offer something a little bit more interesting. If England need to change it up and if the Scottish back three are coping with that strategy. So, um, yeah, I agree. I, I think I actually, same as you thought, I actually think it's a smart decision. I think defensively, my only concern, and I don't think this has happened, is we don't become over-reliant on the kicking game like we tried to do against Wales. Oh, 100%. They need, they need to have that plan B ready to, ready to rock and roll. And um, I just, I, it's the same team that faced Ireland. But that's why I don't mind T on the bench, because I think that actually shows an intention... To mix it up, put some heavy traffic up the middle, 
um, and then, you know, drawing the players so we can get it wide and, and run it a bit more. So overall, I, I get it. I have full faith in Eddie we trust. Um, we do. And I actually think, I think it's a good team. I think England, I hope we show that we've learned from the Wales game. I hope we mix up our attacking points. Like you say, I hope there are the kicks behind, but I hope there's the running. Hope... Fact, they need a complete game. They need a bit of everything. You know, I yeah. want to see, I want to see them kick behind and then crash it up and then kick behind and crash it up and just keep Scotland guessing for 80 minutes and just completely overwhelm them. Um, put in some of those massive smashes that we talked about. Maybe a couple of little cheeky uh, comments. There you go, lads. That's what happens. George Ford comes on for the last 20 and just smashes some people. Not that that's ever happened before, but maybe today we'll be the death. That that may be, we, we may be <laughs> moving into realms of unlikely here. But, <laughs> realms um, of impossibility. But it's, mate, it's a massive game. I can't wait for this game. I, I mean, I sent you in a week. I'm not actually, I'm happy not to watch the France-Italy match. I'm recording it because I want my energy levels to still be so high for the England for game. Two. Yeah, um, and obviously so, the, the 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 Wales game is is vital as well. So that has to we need we need 160 minutes of of high energy. Oh yeah, I I mean I I almost bought some Guinness just so I could support the Irish, but I I mean I didn't in the end because I, I did a shot of Jameson. I did too. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're a dick. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Let's move to the forwards. Uh, Hughes and Shields on the bench. Uh, yeah, we, we kind of mentioned this, didn't we? I, I think if one of the other awesome forces were there, we wouldn't see that. I think he's... I, I get it. I do get it. I, I think he's gone for, look, let, let's not leave anything up to chance. Let's not have any unknowns, which perhaps a yours or a Stoop yeah. might be. I mean, one of them one of them is, is going to be a second row replacement, surely, because I can't see him taking off two of uh, Billy, Tom uh, and... Mark. Mark. <laughs> that's the one. Um, obviously, that's Bernard Polo, Curry and Wilson. Um yeah, you know those three have been consistently our our top three in the back row, and and you know assuming that he uses all his finishes, uh, at least one of them, if not potentially two, could be getting replaced. Now, obviously, the injuries, touch wood, we don't we don't see, but um, uh, that would change things. But yeah, I just uh, I don't know, just I don't know whether I would have gone for perhaps perhaps even an extra back. Maybe had a cock and a seeger in there too on the on the bench and just had the one of them <laughs> play at um, eight. Well, we know he can exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Actually, just quickly on on that 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 was mentioned a little bit in um, in on social media. We touched on it briefly, and I and I maintain what I said at the time. But just your thoughts when he took when he moved to eight. Do you think that was? Do you think the intention was for Billy to crash the ball up? I think so. See, I don't. I think that the whole point of that was to make the opposition go. Well, they're clearly going to now smash Billy up the middle, which we already know. Joe Cognacio could have done, and you know he could have done that. Yeah, but I, I think. Do you not think also... Billy was a was a decoy? Uh, no, and that's why there was that whole little kind of weird stutter thing where he did get the ball, but it kind of looked like he wasn't supposed to, and he didn't. He therefore took it standing still. And no, I think it was almost a uh, hi, hey boys, have you enjoyed having a uh, Tio into a laggy run at you? Here, have some more fun. Have oh. big Billy. Well, well I, think I think they should. They should. That. They should contemplate the the ha- doing that again, but having him as a as a decoy. Maybe like do it three times in a match, and the third time is a decoy. 
what they should do when Joe Ford comes on, have Billy and Manny Tulagi run the lines and then have Joe Ford do the crash ball. Who's Joe Ford? George Ford, even. Oh, okay. Ford. It's okay. his brother. But uh, <laughs> either one, bring him in as well. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Have, uh, yeah, George Ford on the crash ball. Nice. Um, okay, so a few, few last little bits. One, uh, just again, your thoughts on this. Uh, on Twitter, lots of people talking about Cockenhaseger after the Italy game and, and describing him as the next Lomu. Um, there'll obviously never be another Lomu, but the next closest thing. His sister on Twitter has pleaded for people to stop referring to him as the next Jonah. She says he's not Jonah Lomu, he's just Joe. Is it not the biggest compliment in J- rugby Jonah- to be told you're the next Jonah Lomu? In my mind, Jonah Lomu is the biggest icon of rugby. Jonah Lomu changed the game like no one else ever has. Yeah, but I, I, think... I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to either Joe or his sister, and I see what she's yeah. doing there. Um... But I think she might be saying, oh, please don't put that on him. Maybe. Like... I, don't, I, I, I think he'd embrace it. Oh, yeah. If, if, if you're compared to Lomu, you're doing something right. Lomu is an absolute miracle of a man. Oh, it was an absolute miracle of a man. May he rest in peace. And he was just, to rugby, he was just unbelievable. And Special man. I, I understand the comparisons. I don't think, when people are, the thing is, is this can be blown out of proportion. People are like, oh, there was a hint of Lomu to him. And everyone's like, everyone says he's the next Lomu. Like, no one's actually said, I think he's going to be as good as Lomu was. I think, I think he's going to be better. <laughs> that, that's, that's huge. I think people are saying, I can see a touch Lomu-esque uh, yeah. Yeah, similarities. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, you're taking that, aren't you? All day long. Oh, God, yeah. That, that, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, like, it's like when you're out in a nightclub and someone goes, this guy's a bit Hefner-esque. You're like, oh, my God, I'm a hero. I mean, that's no, never ever happened to you. Yeah. But, you know, I, I said it to myself a few times. And then, Whilst uh, looking in the mirror. And then, yeah, the girls look at me and like, stop staring at me. Fuck <laughs> Sorry. Oh dear. Um, look, on, on that note, let us move on to um, just before I, 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 we'll we'll go through the team before we kind of head off to watch the Wales Ireland game, but and we'll do some predictions. But uh, just a, sh- a kind of a shout out um, and thoughts and all that to Dan Robson. So we we know he was out because he'd been sick. It turns out he's got blood clots. And now I'm not a doctor, uh, despite what I may have told certain people in my first year at uni. Um, it's, I think it's quite serious. And at the moment, they're, they're, they're not committing to when he'll be back. And he may well be out for the World Cup. Well, uh, Dan Robson, our thoughts are with you, brother. I, I, I hope everything goes well and gets healed. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're behind you, mate. Absolutely. And, and obviously, yeah, not wanting to be insensitive. But do we think that if he doesn't make it back for the World Cup, Danny Kerr is next in line? I know he's currently injured, uh, which is why he's not involved today. But do we think that he's... He he is in my head, but I don't I don't know. Eddie tends to have a thing where when he changes when he sort of changes his mind about someone, it becomes very hard for them to come back. I would imagine the fact that Danny so. Kerr's played quite a big role though throughout Eddie's reign. Yeah, I, f- I feel I, like I it's not like he, he's not like a Danny Cipriani who who Eddie's just never clearly never liked, um, or you know. Or Don Armand or something. You know, he's he's been in there or thereabouts for a long time, and Eddie kind of sends him away, saying you need to work on this, you need to work on that. I think this might be Danny's opportunity to 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 restate his claim. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I, in, but, in my head, Danny Cipriani's next, but 
All that way. said, obviously we don't know, yet know, and hopefully Dan Robson is fit and healthy, and you know, in time for the World Cup, and it is a and it's a shootout between them, because um, that's obviously what we want. We want that pressure on, um, and obviously we want him fit and healthy. Um, so yeah, hopefully swift, uh, healthy recovery for you, please, Dan. Um, you know, as Dan says, our thoughts are with you and your family. Um, and yeah, hopefully you come back and, uh, and and put pressure on that shirt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. right. So the team is no major surprise, but we just just to, so you can hear it, Dan, in words: Sinclair, George, Moon, Launchbury, Cruz, Wilson, Curry, Vunapola, Youngs, Farrell, two and Aggie Slade in the centres, May, Noel, Daly at the back, with Cole, Cowan, Dickey, and Genge coming on to replace the front row. Hughes and Shields covering the uh, the back five, and Spencer, Ford, and Teo covering the backs. The hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. That is not only a Six Nations winning team, that is a World Cup winning team. Boys, come on. I know you're going to do it today. Go it's... out there, make us proud as you always do. Yeah, that's exactly it. And um, and regardless of what happens in the Wales-Ireland game, just go out and put in a performance. You know, show the yeah. world that uh, that you know that that Wales blip, uh, you know, is is not important. Um, you know, this is the team that you need to be worried about facing. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and and get some revenge for last year, please. So predictions, Dan. For, let, let's, we'll start. I will tell you what, we'll do our England Scotland predictions. And, and after the Wales it, Island, yes, match. we'll do them after exactly when we know okay, exactly so, what's on the line. So, so, but for Wales Island, and Ireland, I've gone, I, I've gone big. By the way, unlike I'm me, going, I'm going Ireland twenty-two, Wales scores. I, I'm going scores for this one. I went for the okay. game. Ireland twenty-two, Wales fifteen. Fifteen. Fine. Oh, I've gone. I've gone Ireland by twelve. Wow. You've gone by seven. Uh, do I need to put in a score? I'm not going to. There you go. That's how we're rolling today. You're going Fair scores. Enough. I'm going. I'm Fair going enough. Point, yeah, point we don't difference. normally do scores, but today I, I. You're feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm Fair feeling enough. that love. Yeah, Ireland by twelve, and you're saying by seven. Yeah. But I like that we're both thinking Ireland. In <laughs> ironic, not ironically at all. With the England rugby pod, I put out a poll asking what people thought, and about seventy percent of think Ireland are going to win, <laughs> despite apparently the rest of the rugby world thinking Wales are going to win. Well, <coughs> a lot of the pundits are back in Wales. I. I understand why I do get it to a point, but I, I think it's Island's Day. Top of the yeah. morning to you. Come on, lads. What, what the hell please accent don't, was that? Yeah. Yeah. Please, please, please don't ever do accents again. Yeah. On that on that horrible note, guys, we're going to leave you. Um, I'm not sure what with yet. Maybe nothing. Um, but we will be back uh, before the start of the first half of the England game to let you know what happened in the Wales-Ireland match um, and, and a quick kind of five minutes to discuss how we think that will impact um, the the England Scotland game, and at that point we will do predictions for the Calcutta Cup clash. Catch you then. There's 35 seconds to go. This is the one. It's coming back for Johnny Wilkinson. He drops for World Cup glory. Yes! It's up. It's over. He's done it. Johnny Wilkinson is England's hero yet again. And there's no time for Australia to come back. England have just won the World Cup. Dan, I'm not sure which one of us it was uh, that said Wales by 18. Uh, was that me? Wow. 
Do you know what? Ireland should have had the roof closed. <laughs> they definitely should have done. Uh, I've, I mean, for, look, first of all, credit to Wales uh, for everything that we've said about them over the Six Nations, and I'm not taking any of that back. Today, they were good. Their defence was fantastic. Uh, Ireland still made an obscene number of un- unforced errors, the operative word being unforced, um, which perhaps makes it harder to see exactly how good that Welsh performance was. Um, but, you know, they had it all to play for and they and they, uh, they, they just... Ireland just looked like a second-rate team. They just... Every single time they looked like they might be a threat, Wales just, you know, snubbed it out and put them back under pressure. Uh, yeah, I, 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 th- I think Wales are brilliant, and quite frankly, they did on that performance. They did deserve that Grand Slam. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's that's the bottom line for me. That you know, take it, take away, forget about everything else for a minute. They were on for a Grand Slam, so they needed to do a job today to win a Grand Slam, and they did that incredibly well um, and fair play. For me, it doesn't change the fact that you know they they were gifted a lot of results that enabled them to be playing for a Grand Slam today. But that is the way. Rugby, that's the way sport goes, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, that they said, and I hate the fact I'm about to say this. Um, there's a thing Wales don't know how to lose. I'm starting to think there might be some truth to that. Like, what's going on? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, just because it wouldn't be the England rugby pod if we didn't say something negative about Wales, um, and obviously after today, that's hard to do. Um, so how, how about this? Uh, so I got a tweet, or I, I saw a tweet from someone else, um, showing the current world rankings as, as they now stand. And now I'm assuming this is still the case, and that try at the end there from Ireland, because for those of you that may not know, uh, Wales won 25-7, Ireland scoring after the 80 minutes, like literally in the death. Um, but assuming that that doesn't change anything and the, and the world rankings are as this tweet suggested, Ireland are now number two in the world. Sorry, Wales. Wales are now number two in the world. And to me, looking at the top ten, it doesn't feel like Wales are the second most dangerous side that you might come you might come up against. I would, if we had to play the World Cup final next weekend, I would rather play Wales than Ireland. Yeah, me too. I'd rather play Wales than South Africa. Yeah. As well. uh, yeah, it's. Like, it's tough, but well done, Wales. Like, yeah. deserve. It's a shame. Yeah, I needed because... to get a dig in. Come on, it's the England yeah, rugby oh. pod. Yeah, Wales are the ultimate enemy, and um, and so we needed some some sort of dig, and that's hard to find on a day like today. Because uh, yeah, as you say, credit where it's due. Yeah, it's tough, and in some ways it does put a bit of a dampener on this match. But in other ways, like not really. England. This is actually quite a good test for England. They still need to now go out and put in a performance. Oh yeah, and they need to. You yeah. know they really need to stand up, and I'm I'm sure they will. Every, I mean, everything is is kind of different now. So, uh, had that had that been a close game as it was expected to be, um, it would almost feel different coming into the England game because it was so, you know, apparent early on that that was the way the game was heading. You kind of the it, it's been a bit of an anticlimax, and so it kind of doesn't feel like a final weekend. It just feels like another another Six Nations game, and I think we go we go into this the way we got into every game, and and you know I think a strong performance and focusing on revenge for last year, uh, and England come away from the Six Nations in a really strong position, 
um, you know, let themselves down today. And, you know, they've had two poor performances and three good performances and it, and it leaves a lot of question marks. So, you know, today is all about just saying, forget the Wales result. It's all about saying, you know, this is a team that's, that's you know, wants to be number one in the world and genuinely believes it can be and is good enough to be. Um, you know, they're, they're clearly not going to get there between now and the World Cup, but that's irrelevant. Um, you know, the, the key kind of marker for best team in the world is who lifts the trophy at the end. And um, that's what we're obviously here to to follow. Yes, it is. Now, let, let's get let's get to the England game um, because we'll want to obviously watch as much of build-up as we can, have a minimal prediction. I am saying England by 28. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. I'm saying England by 12. England, but are you not going to score this time? No, I'm not going. No, I, <laughs> I wasn't that close last time. So, uh, no. Uh, Mouse, Mouse actually messaged me saying, what, what do you reckon the yeah. score be to put a bet on? I said 22 15 Ireland, and he texted me at half time saying, good, one. good prediction, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we we don't do predictions so that people can make money. Um, yeah, I, I, it's been a, it's been a weird day already. Uh, you know, Italy absolutely all over France, but didn't manage to to do the job. Uh, expectation of a close game in Wales absolutely trounce Ireland, who are supposedly number two in the world, and um, and England expected to to cause all sorts of problems for Scotland. I think England will. Um, I, I genuinely think they've shown class across the board in a way that I feel like they've had their they've had their upset and it was against Wales and so I expect them to go in and do a job um, and just more of the same. But um, oh, you just don't know, do you? <laughs> just have to keep no, my fingers crossed. Let's yeah, let's go for it. Come on, boys! Big game. Let's put in a huge performance. Set ourselves up. Get ourselves ready. World Cup ready. And um, yeah, we'll be back at half time to see see how we get on. Absolutely. Uh, we'll leave you guys with these anthems. That's a uh, pretty comprehensive first half, Dan. That was uh, just bullying. Anyway, <laughs> you look at it. We... Six, sixty-six seconds. I think that's the that's. I think sixty-eight was the current, or sixty-nine was the current England record slash Six Nations record in this campaign. I can't speak to previous campaigns, and I believe England have the three fastest tries of this championship. They, all, they must do all inside I, I... a minute and a half. Mate, that was just England were awesome. So I am not wearing rose tinted glasses now. I would rather <laughs> not have the Grand Slam, but have England's performances and have the team and the way they're playing as England are, than have a Grand Slam and have the Welsh performances. Oh, hundred percent. I think in terms of taking it forwards, looking up towards the World Cup, um, and just generally like how you're viewed by the rest of the world and the and the and the kind of 
don't want to say fear, that's the wrong word, but you know, the, the sort of the the intimidation factor of any team that's going to play against you. To to string together performances like this week in, week out, albeit with a blip. Um, a slight. It sends a message. Um, sp- speaking of which, and I'm not, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention this. So I've been chatting with uh, Joe Reed. He's one of the guys that um, regularly yeah. uh, messages us, listens to the pod, um, and he said. Um, so he, he kind of we were having this this debate back and forth on Twitter throughout the last uh, couple of hours, and he really wants us to give Wales some credit for that England loss. Joe, I'm sorry, I I can't do it. It's too painful for me to try and credit them with England's loss. I can only come up with rose-tinted excuses. Um, but Dan maybe can can do it for you. I'm not sure. I told you what happened. Uh, Dumbledore put a curse on us. Oh, so it had nothing to, you're also saying nothing to do with Wales? Of course not. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. I tried. I tried. Um, but, uh, but yeah, look. Uh, England have Joe, been... We, um, yeah, we're Joe, Joe, but in, in all seriousness... Um, you have a point, just um, one that would probably be too painful to reiterate. But no, I, I get where you're coming from. And we were quite nice to Wales today. We were nice to Wales. We said um, we said that, that they looked like they probably played well, but it was hard to tell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about Wales. We've done that already. Um, 30, 31-7, is it? Mate, we are absolutely, I mean... How angry, uh, how angry about that seven? Um, uh, n- n- not even too much. I think it'll be. I think it'll be something to go in at half time that they it, can get a bit of a bollocking for. Given it was a hooker, and it was Farrell yeah, and it, May chasing him down. Yeah, he he went for the tackle too early. He did. He just missed. He just mistimed. Mistimed it, and yeah, got got uh, suckered by the change of direction and and cut Farrell out of the out of the equation. But. Um, uh, these things happen, and we've talked about it before. In these kinds of games, they get away from you, and and it's easy to have little little lapses. But as a general rule, I thought England have been unreal. Like some of the hands, like from firstly from the guys that you'd half expect it from. The you know Slade's been been brilliant, Daly's been brilliant, Jack Nell's been brilliant, Farrell. They're all the backs have been great. But Curry, there was one, there was one little, there was one ball that came out. It was pretty pretty nasty ball. And he managed to to pick it up pretty much off the floor, um, you know, it was right round by his ankles. And there's just a little flick of an offload. Sinclair's been good. they've all just been really, really strong, both in terms of their carrying, um, but also their their handling and their offloads. You know, we talked some time ago now, but we talked about how you know to be the the best in the world, you've got to you've got to have forwards that can that have hands like the All Blacks. I don't think there's anyone on the pitch right now for England. Not right now; it's half time. But you know, in that first half, who you wouldn't argue has a good a good pair of hands. The sink looks like I, I was amazed. I really wanted him to go for the uh, sidestep. <laughs> I thought he was going to. I uh, thought he was going to because he's got good but, movement. But I also quite like the fact that he didn't, and albeit yeah. he didn't run through the guy, he did just bulldoze him down, and then obviously the support was there and. And you know, instead, it was uh, launch the launch pad in the midfield, finding you know, cutting the lines and finding the gaps. <clears throat> it's mate, it, it's been it's been brilliant. Uh, England have been irresistible. They are playing at such a pace, such a tempo that unfortunately Scotland can't live with it at the moment. 
No. I mean, look, we, we know that Scotland are massively under strength. Um, you know, they've got some huge, huge losses. The whole of their back three is out. Uh, we've talked about it in, in previous games. They're, they're missing, you know, in some respects, you could, almost, you could almost put an argument together for an entire first 15 made up of people that are currently unable to play. So that's always going to make life difficult. Um, but you add to that that England are being clinical rather than just playing a team that's massively under strength. And yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah, it's um, it could be. Well, it, it's it's one of those. I hope England do keep the intensity up, but the reality is the game was won within twenty minutes. Yeah. So, I hope England can keep the intensity up, but I I we'll... think they will. I think they will. I mean, they may not score another twenty four points. Although we said that against Italy, and, and they did. I I think at the moment they're so well drilled. Um. That that they have that ability to just keep the, keep the pressure on. It might become a little bit more loose, um, but they've got the players to to deal to deal with that as well. I mean, already it's starting to look a little bit loose. Um, but you know, with people like Jack Knoll, you know, like what just 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 before half time there, where um, Elliot Daly got isolated, Jack Knoll first man in. You're thinking there's no way that England are retaining this ball that he's going to get turned over, and Jack Knoll just finds a way to get his hands on the ball take that couple of extra steps, hold it up long enough for the support to arrive and then it's recycled and we start again. Um, and it's so important to have players like that. And that, I think, is where Eddie Jones was talking about Jack Noel as this kind of seven-esque winger. It's that ability to just have the strength um, and the presence of mind that you'd get from a, from a back row forward to be able to step in and do things like that. He reminds me of uh, Lomu. <laughs> I mean, the, it, it, watching England, it's a little bit like uh, in the game Lomu, the 2005 game Lomu, when you had the Lomu team. Two, uh, the, it, uh, sorry, not 2005, 95, sorry. It, it uh, was um, following that World Cup. Yeah. I, and I'm going to make a bold call now. And I, any listeners out there, Joan, Lo, Joan Lomu rugby for the younger ones is the best rugby game that's ever been out. To be and, fair, they've never made a decent rugby game. Well, no, they have. They made one that we used to play quite a lot. Yeah, but Lomu was still the best one. Yeah. And I am putting this out there now. I am the best Lomu player in the world. <laughs> I am unbeatable. Maybe currently, game. but only because you're the only person still playing it. Because you're, <laughs> yeah. you're the only person that still thinks a PlayStation 2 is the most current piece of tech. I believe it was for PS1. I think you might be right. <laughs> um, look, we need, let's not, let's not uh, disrespect the sides by moving off topic. Um yeah, what what are, what are we looking for from England in, in the second half? I mean, obviously, let's be honest, the game's won. Um, yeah, the, the game, the game that, is won. That Scotland ship has won. sailed. Uh, do we just want the same? Another 40 minutes of the same? Uh, do we want to get the, the subs on early? There's not really anyone on the bench. Maybe now's a good time to see the T.O. Um, the T.O. Tuolagi partnership again in the middle, just give it another, another go. I feel oh, like Scotland I, are dealing with Tuilagi at the moment. Well, I do too. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think he'll just carry on scoring tries or, or setting up tries for fun. But at this point, does, does Eddie go, we're going to have a little bit of a break after this. I've now got an opportunity to, to, to actually try out a few things. I wouldn't mind seeing, um, just to give him a thing, is for Farrell to come off and Ford to go at 10, give him a full half. Yeah. And just try and have him. Not, I think, not I think it would Farrell's be. Done anything wrong no, at no, all. I, I agree with you. But because Farrell's a known entity, and Ford at the moment, unfortunately, because of, because of lack of game time, is a bit of an unknown entity. I think that would be a good idea. Um, yeah, that's what I'd quite like. But 
Other than that, yeah, much the same. It's it's hard to keep. But maybe when even maybe game. maybe even um, you know simulate a scenario and say, okay, well, look, let's imagine that we're playing with this squad and and we get an injury in our back three. We don't have a back three replacement. What do we do? Maybe Slade goes back to to fullback and you bring Tier one. Maybe do you know what I mean? Like I, I, maybe Johnny May takes a break because we we know what he can do too. And you go, okay, what do we do in that situation? Yeah, without being silly, it'd be quite good to try out, perhaps, like you say, to maybe have a look at different options. Um, not necessarily as possibilities of starting, but should, like you say, the worst happen, should there be yeah. a couple e- either of... Either that uh, or take Manu and Billy off so that they don't get injured. Put Billy in the centres. <laughs> just just do a swap. Have the forwards, the, the, forwards, the forwards in the backs, the backs and the forwards. We're taking the piss. We should stop. We can take the piss at the end when, we, when the result's secure. <clears throat> yeah, um, no. I, I just want, yeah. Boys. I do want to see. I want to. I definitely think he needs to give George Ford uh, a bit more time under the circumstances and just prove that he does have faith in his uh, in his bench. Um, but yeah, really strong half. Um, you know, exactly what we wanted to see, and and sending a real message. Uh, and I and I think, despite the way that the table has the teams, I think England are without question the strongest team in this year's Six Nations. I couldn't agree more, young man. Right, um, guys. Let's get back to it. Let's get back, watch the second half, and we will come back and talk to you all about it at the end. Dan, it may seem a while ago to you and I, but to our listeners, it was about 40 seconds ago that I said, England, without question, are the strongest team in this year's Six Nations. Comment. What the hell? Oh, mate, do you know what? I normally really enjoy doing this, but there's no part of the next few minutes I'm going to enjoy. <laughs> I've, I've um, tweeted a few people this evening, a few of our, our listeners who, who regularly reach out on Twitter, just saying, not not really looking forward to how we go about rose tinting this one but we will strive to to deliver because that is what we're here to do so let's... it is but we, we also we we, we gotta like we've got to yeah. have a level of yeah, um... we shoot them down and then, and then we justify it yeah let's start with the shooting mate, i mean yeah i i mean i don't know i don't know how much energy i have left um so there are a few things i've been a massive elliot daily fan he is responsible for two of the tries, two very bread and butter fullback ta- tackles he didn't make. Yep. Um, but is not that, the, you know, sort of stock tries. Um, is that a worry uh, as our yes, yeah. World Cup fullback? <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it is a worry and that needs to be dealt with. Um, I mean, I, come so, on, so we're, we're about committing. What, what, what's, what, when you say it needs to be dealt with, do you believe that Elliot Daly is therefore the wrong man for fullback? No, I still believe I still believe he can do the job, and I still believe what he offers in attack is so great. I just think there needs to be work on his defence. Um, what well, I mean, the way and don't get me wrong to any of our Scottish listeners, any moaning, I am not taking away anything from Scotland. Scotland's second half performance was heroic, and I'm no, no way yeah, yeah. taking away anything well, from. Th- you, th- you think about how how kind of. <clears throat> impressive England were in that first half and you know everything we said at half time we we genuinely meant it at half time 
you can almost say the same things of Scotland in the second half. I mean, it was a complete role reversal. Uh, if any, no, I think yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think, and I, I, this is where I think our biggest problem is. I think we're mentally still a bit weak. Well, Owen Farrell, Owen Farrell was interviewed and said, um, you know, England have more control than they than they think they do. In other words, they they kind of tend to to freak out a little bit, and and they and they don't think they're controlling the game when actually they are, and as a result, they get themselves on the back foot, they lose their momentum, and they lose the control that they have actually got. Um, you know, Eddie said we were seduced by the scoreboard, and um, and interestingly, he said he kind of started off by saying, you know, he was obviously asked the, the difficult questions, and he kind of started off by saying, um, you know, it, we we need to look into this and we need to find out what's wrong, and uh, you know, it takes time, and but there is enough time. We've obviously got World Cup preparation; that's what that's for. And then he kind of got a bit more confident and followed it up with, "We know what the problem is, and we need to sort it out, but it's going to take time." He didn't go into details about what exactly that is. Um, perhaps he's questioning certain certain people. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of take it for granted. So one of my issues we have is that has now happened where we three times in very recent memory, we have been in a position where we never should have lost against South Africa when we scored like 24 points in the first like 10 minutes. Yep. And then by half time we were going in. Against Wales at half time, we there's no way we should have given up that lead. And today was, I mean, today did take us being ridiculous and Scotland being immense. But that's now three times that that's happened. Yeah. And my God, worry. I mean, this is exact. These were the exact the exact examples that were given uh, when when Eddie Jones was questioned. Um, I mean, Johnny Wilkinson made a very interesting comment, and he said he said, look. Rugby doesn't always need to be sexy to be good, and game management is so key. And this is, you know, we, Joe Reed asked us to compliment Wales, and actually, this is a good, a good example and somewhere where I can do that. Wales are excellent at game management. At half time, they went in; they were sixteen points up. Earlier in the Six Nations, that would have been that was a record. That would have been a record comeback. Obviously, that's changed today. Um, and they had to come up with a game plan. And when they came out in that second half, it felt like they were controlling the game. They weren't They weren't thinking, right, we need to come out and score four more tries. They were thinking, how do you put a game to bed that you're leading by 16 points? You know, you, you keep the ball a little tighter. You take drop goals. You take your points when you get them. And it's not about... In England's case, it almost feels like, oh, we're 30 points up. Therefore, if we get a penalty in range, we shouldn't take it. We should kick for the corner because we're so far ahead. We should just keep piling on the pressure. And actually, what Johnny was saying is, if you're that far ahead and the game is essentially won, waste time. You know, it, it may not be the sexiest rugby, but that's how you win World Cups. You, you, you say, look, we've done the hard work. Now we need to control the game and and own that uh, that lead. And England, I think in all of these games... Like you say, very fast starts and then a lack of control in the second half. Um, and you know they, they need a they need a kind of a, a game plan whereby they say, you know, what does the second half look like? You know, what is the plan? What does the first ten minutes of that second half look like? Um, you know, who's responsible for it? What's everyone's job? And that was Ian McGeekin who was saying that. Uh, that's not my my words, but it's absolutely right. You know that that's I mean and. We're assuming that they didn't have that conversation at half time, of course. But 
you know, that's that's the conversation you need to be having if you're if you're talking about World Cups, isn't it? Especially once you get to things like knockout, it doesn't matter how far ahead you are. I mean, maybe that's the lesson to take from this: is look, you know, it doesn't matter how pretty the first half lead might look like. It's not over until eighty minutes until the final whistle goes, and you know, it's not about saying, "Oh, we've scored four, therefore in the first half, therefore we've got to score four in the second half, or or whatever." It's about saying, "How do we make sure that the opposition don't have it, don't get a comeback, and we continue to tick the scoreboard over at the same time?" Yeah, it, mate, I, I couldn't agree more with that. With I, I genuinely haven't seen the post-match interview, so if I have repeating, I it is. Don't worry, yeah. you haven't really. <laughs> but like first 10 minutes shove the ball up your shirt slow it down just take it and then suddenly they've only got half an hour to do don't try and be clever don't try and be the big man it it to me it shows a real immaturity that i don't think there's enough leaders in that group and i think people need to stand up and it's all very well putting it all on Owen Farrell, but other people need to stand up like when you look at 2003 when you had the likes of delalio you had the likes of will greenwood um, who would also stand up. So I think some of the more senior players now need to stand up and say, no, what are we doing? Come on. This is still international rugby. I don't care if we're 50 points up. We haven't won till the final whistle. Yeah. And, and, and you know, despite what we said in the first half, it's, it's not about saying, right, now we need to score the same number of points again, particularly if you get a bit of a whirlwind start. It's, it's about managing the full 80 uh, to end up with a win. Um, you know, worry about the scoreline when you're having to play for a points difference, um, not not when points difference is is kind of not a factor. Um, and it's something that, that in all three of the games you mentioned, England failed failed to do. It was really kind of yeah control that to control the start of the second half. <clears throat> you know, in, in a way that made sure that they were you know, still able to create the momentum when they wanted to. I mean, you look at the last five minutes of that game, seven minutes maybe. You know, yeah, it took a little while, and England eventually got over the line and salvaged something from the game. But where was that for the previous thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes? Yeah, it was, um, <clears throat> mate. It was running. So actually, to go back to Wales, when they've already won the game and they definitely had won the game, their defence was still full on. Rocks on defence, putting the ball, putting the ball like into gaps, forced the opposition to turn around and chase the ball. You know, force them back. You know, kick deep. England, it was all it was all constantly attacking, um, and it didn't need to be. I think that that for me is one of the takes from this game. You know, it, it felt like we were trying to attack too much in the second half, when actually being a little bit more defensive was the smart play. Is it is it a worry again, similar to the Wales game where? We don't have much of a. We can't adapt on the pitch as well as we should be able to. It's very hard to say. Uh, we've got the play. I mean, you know, you're asking them to do the almost the easier job better uh, because they're doing the harder job well. Um, yeah, we know. Oh, we've got the talent, no doubt. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know where the inability to do this comes from I don't know whether it's just that the as individuals that hasn't been drilled in or I don't know if they've got a game plan that you know clearly hasn't worked and therefore it's the management's responsibility um I, I genuinely believe that they'll work it out <clears throat> and I think the the next yeah. few games are going to be very interesting the, the build up the build up games um 
but it's it's definitely yeah what, where we were sort of you know I said to you before the game England if England were to lose today it would it would look like a relative like a, a fairly average Six Nations if they were to win because of the the quality of the previous wins it would look like a really good Six Nations and at the end of the first half it looked like they delivered exactly that um, and now it feels like it's been an average an average one I know we come we've still come second I think but. <clears throat> Yeah, I haven't seen the table, but I would say it, it must be. We must be second because uh, Ireland have lost lost two, didn't they? And we've lost one and a half. Um, but it was, yeah, mate. Let's not let's let's rewatch the match and then during the week let's go into detail. Because right now I'm still I don't, I don't know angry or if I'm exhausted or. I don't know what I am. Quick, quick, um, quick bit of uh, rose-tinted um, something to give to give the listeners, the fans, some some hope. For the this will make us a better team for the World Cup. This is a lesson I think we needed to learn, and we've now learned it twice from against Wales and Scotland. We now, I think, this will make us a better team for the World Cup. No, know what needs to be done. I mean, I, I really hope that I think that you know what Eddie said about we know what the problem is, but we need to sort it out. I just really hope that is true, um, and I th- and I believe I believe it I believe it is. I, I genuinely believe that you know that what we see in this team, you know, the positives that we see in this team are so positive that I just I just can't see it going any other way other than up. Um, but yeah, really, really disappointing today. <laughs> Um, to the point where the last the last ten minutes or so, well, the last yeah, the prior to the last five minutes, I I, I didn't really want to watch it anymore. No, uh, mate, I I was the same. And then, I mean, well done, also well done, guys, for actually getting that draw. Oh. You know, when you were, well done for doing that. But that also shows I we, that this is a massive lesson we need to learn from it. I think we will, and I think it will make us better. And stronger for the World Cup. Absolutely. Right. Well, yeah, as Dan says, we will um we'll digest. You'll no doubt do the same. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you thought. Um if if you've got anything rose tinted you can share with us to to cheer us up a little bit, that would be great. But um you know, whatever you think, get in touch, let us know. Uh, email <laughs> is englandrugbypod at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us on any of the social media platforms at England Rugby Pod. Um and of course, rate us, review us on iTunes. Let us know what you think, um, and uh, and yeah, just just continue to join in the conversation. And, and hopefully, we'll have some good content for you over the coming months as we build up towards the World Cup. Um, you know, prior to those summer games, if you've got any ideas for those, we've obviously been given a few. Um, it'd be great to hear about those too. And uh, and we will we will be back next week with a bit of a sort of Six Nations roundup. We'll we'll look a little bit more in depth at this game and. Um, and do a bit of a roundup of the Six Nations. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we will. Uh, yeah, we will catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks.